Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Mike Carozza. Good morning, Dr. Mike. Good morning, Tina. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And we're saying goodbye to February, and we conclude Heart Health Month. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, our last segment was wonderful. We talked a little bit about, you know, we had uh, Dr. Ramdahar, the cardiologist. We talked about uh, the women's women's health in terms of heart health, the connection on the hormone connection when this decline happens, how women are more predisposed to having heart attacks and heart disease. I want to talk a little bit more about this, you know, because February, of course, we're still in it. It's almost gone, but not not yet. And we want to really talk about the role of estrogen. And, you know, I've been getting some emails and we've been asked uh, some questions from our listeners just to talk a little bit about this. So before, before we move on to the, sort of the hormone connection, we really want to talk about, you know, the role of estrogen, how it's protective. In our last uh, segment, of course, we mentioned this a little bit, but, you know, when this the hormone starts declining, this is what happens when uh, women actually become more at risk. So the estrogen effect actually becomes protective for a lot of our our listeners out there. And then while having this, um, you know, for example, if a female actually has something like diabetes, uh, as well as uh, being premenopausal, uh, then of course that cancels each other out. So then that risk factor becomes a little bit greater. And so when you have a menopausal female who has diabetes and actually has no more estrogen, it's like a double whammy. Yikes! Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes a little bit um, concerning. So I mean, you, you have you have some issues when when menopause kicks in for some females. And so the 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 question I get a lot in practice is when does this happen? Mm-hmm. Like what age does uh, does this happen? And really, there's really no set age. You know, I was just with a patient yesterday in my office, and you know, 37 year old female, and you never think that maybe perimenopausal is on its way, but it starts it starts kicking in a little earlier now. We're seeing it a little bit more early earlier now for sure in practice I'm seeing this and I think a lot of other practitioners are as well now are there signs or symptoms then to look for yeah I mean it's uh, so whenever your menstrual cycle starts changing and you start uh, seeing a little bit of differences happen uh, in that maybe the the duration of your menstrual flow or the length of your flow or if there's spotting between um, these are sort of changes that happen or maybe even if you miss a period or two so this is a big concern that happens. And then one very common uh, symptom, which we speak about a lot, is the hot flashes. And so the hot flashes, the, the night sweats, the ripping off the sheets on and off during the course of the night. And sometimes when I uh, discuss this with my female patients and I say, you know, how did you, they say, how did you know that? I was like, well, I was just asking. I mean, I thought that was just hot and maybe you had to turn on the air conditioning. I said, no, that's your body changing. And so it's just education. And just if we really get more, uh, education out there to our, our patients, then they'll understand that this is their body just changing. It's a normal order of things. It does happen. Again, in terms of the age, you know, tech, te- you know, what we're seeing technically is between the ages of like 45 to like 50. But I have patients who are 52 to 55 years old and are still menstruating. Now, Dr. Mike, yep. is HRT or hormone replacement therapy, is it an option for some women? Because I know that there are some who cannot take it because of their cancer risk. Okay, so HRT, let's, we want to be very clear what we're speaking about, all right? Because I have this question a lot in my practice. As you know, I do BHRT, which is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, is quite different than HRT. Uh, there is a difference, folks out there listening. Uh, HRT is the hormonal replacement therapy that is uh, obviously with synthetic uh, estrogens. Um, 
And this actually can cause a lot of risk factors. And obviously a major one is uh, predisposing patients to cancer risk. But not only that, because it's Heart Health Month, this is actually causing more heart disease and stroke. So this is actually where HRT becomes a risk factor independently. But my, uh, you know, my, my topic here and my special focus is BHRT. And I think this is where you get the natural um, bioidentical, which are natural entities and they're pure vegan forms. And uh, they actually help balance hormones for women. Um, and to some extent, of course, will actually be protective against certain cancers. So that's the difference. So when we talk about hormone replacement therapy, we have to be very clear because when I start talking about helping people balance out their hormones in my practice, they start saying, oh no, I don't want to do any of that. Uh, I heard uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a negative connotation in terms of hormone replacement therapy and cancers. So the BHRT aspect, which is a little bit more subtle and more protective, um, is just a, a common uh, misconception. So just let, we got to be clear about that. But in terms of menopause, you know, you go through menopause as a female, obviously it's, it's, uh, this, you're in menopause when you haven't had a menstrual cycle for about uh, 12 months or so about a year. And you know, your cholesterol now is, up, is going up. So you have elevated cholesterol, your triglycerides are going up and your blood pressure is increased. And then you get that central obesity, that sort of abdominal obesity that comes into play. And this actually is predisposing risk factors alone just for heart disease. So for uh, female patients out there, you got to be careful because this is something that uh, can actually predispose us to, to heart disease. So um, just is watch out. Is there a out. test for estrogen levels? Of course. And what There's is multiple it? Is tests. saliva test? Yes. So first of all, for our listeners, you want to get your hormones tested whatever way you can is what I like to say is just let, let's just get them tested. Let's see where they are. But I mean, there's plasma levels. So there's uh, you can get blood levels. You can get saliva testing. You can also get urine testing. We're going to talk a little bit about the Dutch test uh, with our, with our next guest, but there's a urine test as well. That's uh, really uh, responsive in terms of uh, how to test before and then after. And then you can see some really good metabolites, but at the end of the day, you just want to know what your levels are, find out what they are. And then if we need to replace them, then we do so. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, how a functional nutritionist can help. This is Health is Wealth on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Miranda Malasani. Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike is brought to you by Nature's Emporium, your neighborhood health food store offering everything natural and organic. Make it your one-stop destination for freshly prepared meals, clean beauty products, nutraceuticals, and nutrient-dense options in every aisle. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike. Thanks, Dina. So, uh, first off, I'd like to introduce um, our next guest. She's the creator of Hormone Pro Project, a functional nutritionist. She's also a registered holistic nutritionist. Jen Pike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming. I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So like, you know, obviously you practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. You know, I follow you and you have a lot of followers and uh, it's wonderful to, to sort of see somebody who's not only uh, just vested in themselves, but in their patients. And so, you know, you're a mom, um, you, you know, you eat well, you work out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so how did you get into this? I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit up to our listeners about your, your background because uh, it's, yeah, it's so amazing. I think ultimately it comes back to how I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a household where my parents made most of our meals from scratch and I was in a gym with my dad by the age of six. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so watching him and I was actively in the gym by the time I was nine and teaching group exercise classes by the age of 17 and it really just 
just was that. It was a, a way of living for me in my household and it became a really deep passion. And so I went to school for that naturally and continued to evolve as a student in a variety of topics. And for me, when I was first starting out and doing a lot of personal training and a lot of post-exercise rehab, I was seeing this gap in my female clients where we would get you know, so much in terms of results for how they were moving their body and the exercise quotient, but then they were struggling with the nutritional side of things. And so 20 years ago, went back to school, became a holistic nutritionist, and then bridged that gap a little bit more. Now I had more to offer them and to help them with, but then there was this big gap in terms of their hormones, their thyroid, their adrenals, perimenopause, you know, getting pregnant, postpartum period of time. And so I started to delve a lot deeper about 12 years ago, um, which is after I became a mom for the first time. And really, my whole focus became about the endocrine system. And that's where I have, uh, you know, I've, I've moved in, as I say. And I don't see myself relocating any time in terms of that subject because our bodies are brilliant. But as women, there are a lot of different uh you know, chemical hormonal messages that are being sent on a daily basis. And none of us were taught this. You know, my oldest is, I'm raising a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. And when, you know, my oldest came home after grade five health class and taught me what she taught in school, I was like, this is not enough. And this is why we have such a breakdown of understanding our bodies. So for me, writing my books, creating my programs, the hormone project, doing what I do in my practice, I'm trying to create an education system that does not exist for women so that I can prevent these women coming into my practice in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond, feeling like they've never met themselves. They don't understand why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. And so I see a lot of patients and it's interesting how you pointed that out. So some of these females, some of these individuals don't really know themselves in this new state, right? I guess it's like, it's this new world for them, right, Tina? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just wanted to take a, a little step back, Jen, and just could you explain to us what a functional nutritionist is? So as a function, so I'm a holistic nutritionist and a functional holistic nutritionist. And so the difference being that as an RHN, a holistic nutritionist, we focus mainly on food and lifestyle factors to help to get you on track and move towards your goals. As a functional nutritionist, this is where I actually run different functional labs, different sources of testing to help to understand more of the root cause that's going on to help you better understand those symptoms and create that healing journey. That's great. And you're absolutely right, Dr. Mike. I think that as we age, mm -hmm. as women, we don't recognize ourselves. And that is such a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I know we're, we're, we're talking about women predominantly, but I mean, it also, it, it hits home for men too, mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. You know, you, you sort of, you know, these hormone declines can really drastically change an individual to almost to the extent that the patients in their home environment, some of the family members won't even understand or recognize them. And it's, it's, it's actually sad because, you know, um, it can lead to, to, to really, um, so in terms of mental health, I mean, there is a link between, um, you know, depression and depressive states as a result of, uh, of hormone decline, you know, cause you're just not feeling the same. You're not, you're not able to go to the gym and see the same results. So part of uh, seeing practitioners like uh, Jen and myself is that we try to get these identified through laboratory testing. And hence the term functional medicine is that, you know, you want to just test patients, see where they're at, understand their goals, and then see how we can walk them um, to, to seeing some kind of, uh, of normal or they're back to their routine, if you will, and seeing their, their hormones normalize. Um, and in terms of... Uh, you know, the functional medicine approach, you know, 
you know, because this segment's on women's uh, heart health mm-hmm. and, and, and prevention. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our last segment, and I want to talk about this with you as well, is like lifestyle changes that can give women a fighting chance. And so, you know, Tina this morning mentioned about, you know, uh, an instance of, of, you know, we all know stories of, of females who have passed suddenly. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it's after their 50s where we see this. Mm-hmm. You know, so Jen, can you, um, you know, give us a little bit of pointers, what women can do to have this fighting chance, you know, get their hormones back, rehabilitate themselves and get their body back in, on track? Well, I think the first part of it is understanding that changing hormones, menopause, all of those things, it's not a dire situation. Like there, And so it, it, there's so much we can be doing, but it starts with education. And Absolutely. so a big part of it is I would say work with a practitioner who's going to ask you about you even beyond the black and white lab work that you're getting back. Like what is your health history? How old were you when you had a menstrual cycle? Talk to me about what your hormone history was as a teen. What was it like if you tried to get pregnant? What were the pregnancies like, the postpartum? How is your stress? Most women that come into my practice, their biggest struggles are the symptoms of not showing up in their life the way they truly wished that they could. So yes, they'd love to exercise. They'd love to eat better. They'd love to spend more time in the kitchen, but they're struggling. Why? They don't have enough time because they're prioritizing everything and everyone else. Um, you know, so I think the first part is getting more educated and also working with somebody who can ask you the right questions to help you understand really what's going on. And then from there, it's looking at the first thing I do with female clients beyond that is tell me about your calendar. What are you saying yes to in life that is creating no room for the real yeses that you need to be stepping into? Um, You know, I want to look at what are they consuming on a daily basis. Tell me more about the food, which is a tool that's going into your body that you are consuming. Because as women, as we get older, we actually do not have the same level of insulin receptability, our ability to tolerate certain foods that are higher in sugar, that are stimulants. And a lot of the women I work with, their day starts with coffee, the midday is carbohydrates because they have you know an energy drop in the afternoon, and then they are pacifying life with wine in the evening. And that's the perfect storm. For something to start to happen. So really looking at whole foods. What are whole foods? Did it grow from the ground, fall off a tree, swim in the ocean, or run across land at some point? Mm-hmm. Those, are, <laughs> those are, your, are your whole foods. Fiber and vegetables. Those are so critical for women. And as we age, our digestive ability starts to decline. So I love getting women to do things like apple cider vinegar and some water or a digestive enzyme to mm-hmm. help with their stomach acid. That's going to help with their gas and their bloating. Which, if, honestly, if you can change that for a woman, you you have like given her back that's huge so much yes i'm nodding along right <laughs> and then, uh, how she's choosing to exercise is also important too much too intense too often not fantastic for the majority of us so looking at more restorative practices walking yoga strength training is critical as a woman especially as estrogen is declining it is really important to support not only that but your testosterone healthy levels of dhea and then her sleep how much sleep is this woman getting? Because, you know, you know this as a practitioner. If you're not sleeping, you're not healing. Yep. And every single woman who comes through my practice, they're awake between 1 and 4 a.m. almost every single night. 
Yeah, and that's the cortisol connection, which we're going to talk about yeah, in our so next segment. You know, so what yeah. is the solution to <laughs> yeah. that? So it's, there's no one solution. Um, it is cortisol, it's blood sugar, it's liver health. And these are the things that aren't being talked about in, you know, your local magazines or in a lot of your, you know, weight loss promoting programs is it's all about the calories. And that to me is not where I would begin at all. I want to know what is this woman's digestive system doing? Again, what's her stress? How stable is her blood sugar? If she's having highs and lows all day, she is telling me she's hangry. Oh, gosh, if I don't eat, I get a headache. I'm nauseous. I'm dizzy. I want to steal other people's food. You know, it's when she's feeling like that, I've she's, met her. right? <laughs> At about two in the afternoon. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so blood sugar is huge. And then our liver health as a female is so critical because this is where we metabolize yeah. all of our hormones. And these are the things that don't sound as sexy to talk about and because they seem like work. But it's not a lost cause, right? Oh my gosh, oh, never. No, never. Never. The body never. has an amazing ability to heal itself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important part. And then if you put it Absolutely. in the driver's seat, or you put yourself in the driver's seat, as Jen mentioned, that we can make these changes. I mean, let's talk about some of these conditions. I mean, you have elevated, let's say, for example, a patient has elevated bad estrogens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what well, we see a lot in practice mm -hmm. where they're more estrogen dominant mm -hmm. and these bad estrogens are floating around, which actually are going to cause some uh, issues, mm -hmm. really bad ones. Uh, what can a female do uh, just off the top of your head uh, besides the things that you just mentioned, just specifically in terms of, you know, let's talk about vegetables, cruciferous mm -hmm. and what uh, what uh, diet could be. Uh, yeah. So the, the vegetables, the cruciferous, like your cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, mm -hmm. um, foods that are rich in sulforaphane, these are critical because they contain compounds called indole-3-carbonyl. They're also rich and calcium deglucurate and DIM. These are foods that help to neutralize and break down these harmful estrogens to make them less toxic and to help to make them water soluble so you can actually eliminate them through your poop. That's huge. Like if you're not having daily bowel movements as a woman, again, this comes back to that digestion piece. If you aren't, you know, detoxing daily, which means eliminating daily, you're retoxing. And those unhealthy estrogens are off gassing in your body that'll increase your headaches your yeah. pms you know all of those different symptoms breast tenderness weight gain and you know when you're talking about excess estrogen you can see in a woman where she actually has healthy levels of progesterone and testosterone but her higher levels of estrogen is what makes her estrogen dominant the other thing i would say is what products you're using we live in a time right now environmentally where, and women are the target market. Makeup, hair care, skin care, body care, household cleaners. Those are full of xenoestrogens. Xenoestrogens. Right, which are, are chemical estrogens that have actually been categorized by the World Health Organization as cancer causing and contributing. Yet we are loading, the average woman is applying 12 to 20 products to her body on a daily basis containing these. Yeah, and I think I think the society I think society has, you know, uh, been a culprit a little bit on, on this. And I and I like in terms of uh, some of the celebrities of taking initiatives to sort of say, hey, mm -hmm. this is me. I'm makeup free and stuff. And mm -hmm. I think it's it's not only good for the environment, but it's also good. But it's really important how these xenoestrogens, Tina. I think the the key for our listeners is that these xenoestrogens they actually they do molecular mimicry, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting and it's an interesting terminology because it gets into the cells and acts like 
think it's one of the hormones that actually should be there. And then that's where it triggers things like cancer and females and whatnot. So, I mean, a huge topic, uh, not for just all, obviously for the environmental concern, but also for the actual impact on the patient. Yes. Sometimes a patient doesn't understand the slightest thing. Like how does makeup, mm -hmm. right? How, 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 would, how would somebody think that makeup would actually cause their health to to be on a decline. I mean, you wouldn't think well, about it. Well, and here's the thing is, we talk about different organs and their importance in our body. Your skin is your largest organ Absolutely. that does not go to your stomach to digest exactly. things down. What goes on your skin, and we know this, we use you know patches for people to get off of cigarettes. We use medications that are done. We use topical creams, things that get into our bloodstream in an instant. We have to start to understand the impact. And there's amazing companies now that are very you know conscious in terms of the ingredients they're putting in and not just the environmental impact, but our environmental impact on our own microbiome and our body. So these are things as a woman that as you, you know, you could do two options. You either do a full clean out and you just go and read the labels and, and get rid of it. Or as you finish using something, you make the commitment that the next time you buy a product like that, it's from a better company. Absolutely. And I think when you make that commitment, and, and, you know, these are the individuals that are actually getting themselves well. I mean, yes. and uh, Jen mentioned it early on and said, you know, sometimes you take these baby steps, mm -hmm. right? And these are little steps that you can take mm -hmm. that are going to make a huge impact on your overall well-being, yeah. right? Um, and so, you know, you know, a lot of patients come into, to, uh, you know, the office or our practices and they'll say, you know, hey, get us, you know, can you get me well? It's like, what's going on? Well, I don't know. I just don't feel right. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, and then you just start with the obvious and say, you know, maybe they might come in, a lot of patients come in with skin conditions and, and it is our largest organ. And then if it is an acne case, then you know for, you know, most probably it's related to the hormone. And gut. And Acne gut issue. is, it's gut and hormones, Gut and right? hormones, so for sure. So it's what's going on in that bacterial connection. We can get rid of gas of bloating, honestly, in a week. If you're on board and you oh, are yeah. like, I'm committed, yeah. a lot of those struggles can happen and, you know, be helped in a short period of time. But I always say to people, you need to be interested in the body you want for the next 30 years, not the next 30 days. Now, we talked about estrogen levels. What about testosterone in women? Really important. I mean, all three of our main sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone, are super important. And they are in a, they're in a relationship together. Um, you know, testosterone is important on, for many reasons. This is why I'm a huge fan of women doing load-bearing and strength training as opposed to excessive cardio. That cardio, especially as we are starting to decrease our levels of our three main estrogens in our body as we go into perimenopause and menopause, that increases your risk for different heart issues. But doing the strength training actually helps to stabilize those levels, keep healthy testosterone levels, keep healthy human um, growth hormone, and will help you maintain a healthier body composition. So that battle of the waist, you know, that's the classic thing for women when their hormones start to shift is all of a sudden I am packing on the pounds in my waist, around my bra strap, my upper arms, I feel puffy. And, and you know, having healthy testosterone levels are important. Now, like any hormone, you can have too much. Yeah, it's when the too much comes and in. And when there's too high of testosterone uh, or too high of DHEA, which the adrenals are producing, cystic acne, hair loss, 
um, you know, anxiety, different issues like that. So how do you normalize those le levels then? Well, I think it's important. You have to account for the variables. I think uh, what Jen mentioned is, is really important. Uh, is is you know I had just just re recollecting on one patient that you know you can you can get these cases and you can worry about things like the the, the common hormones is estrogen and progesterone but if you forget about the major one like testosterone or DHEA mm -hmm. you're sort of missing the entire picture yeah. and you want to look at the entire picture with a patient and so when I when I sometimes you know patients you know I I instruct all my patients to sort of do some lab testing uh, and and maybe they want to just go to their family doctor which I'm totally cool with and so at which point I will give them a requisition to say, hey, ask your family doctor or write the family doctor a letter to say, order the following X, Y, and Z. And then they'll come back and say, you know, well, I was only able to just order this and this, and not, not, I wasn't able to order testosterone. And unfortunately, what happens with that case is that um, we, we miss out on, on a very important piece of the information. So it's like estrogen is good, testosterone is good, but uh, sorry, estrogen is good, progesterone is good. What about testosterone? And there was one case where everything was perfectly balanced with the patient and then her testosterone was completely like plummeted and she had like none, mm -hmm. like zilch uh, when, when we tested. And then so this was just the um, icing on the cake in, her, in, order, in order how to get this, uh, this patient better. So you want to, it's a balance. It's, it's really a symphony and you need every single um, hormone in check. And once you have that in check, you can balance them accordingly. And there's various different ways we can balance hormones through uh, herbal medicine, which is a really great. Yeah, are there supplements that we could take? Uh, there are. I mean, I would all, your herbs and botanicals, things like that, I find are going to be a little bit more potent for that. Your food is also huge. So in my practice, I teach a lot about cycle syncing and lunar syncing for women and that there are different foods at different times of your actual menstrual cycle and rhythms in terms of nature that you're going to do better in terms of pulling those into your diet. Um, you know, it's and then you're looking at the supplements augment. So supplements are to supplement that foundation of the diet or they're there to help you you know, that in-between transition of what we're trying to accomplish, but we're not there quite yet. So not to replace or substitute, to supplement. I like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if a patient's not going to commit to the diet and lifestyle modifications yeah. that they have to do, I mean, supplementation is only going to bring them right. to a certain yeah. level, right? I mean, and you, that's the low-hanging fruit that everyone is willing to spend their money on is all the supplements. And it's, I just try to say, can we please put that into your grocery cart instead? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, let's focus yeah. on, let's focus on healthy eating, diet and lifestyle nutrition, and then the supplements will end up coming. Yeah. And, and, and of course, you know, you can take a probiotic, if you have a, if your gut is poor, if you have poor gut health, leaky gut, uh, food sensitivities, whatnot, you can take a probiotic all you want. If yes. you don't avoid the foods that are causing the thing to yeah. begin with to be an issue, mm -hmm. then you're actually just, just not taking, really getting anywhere. you're not no, getting anywhere. No. Yeah. You're not getting anywhere. Anyways, uh, I'd like to just thank you first of all, um, Jen, for coming on the show. Oh, but before you. we go for our listeners, can you talk about, uh, your course called the hormone project? So the hormone project is really, uh, it is like going back to school as a woman nice. for your body. And so you learn about your entire endocrine system. This is also where I do one-to-one -one coaching. I run different functional labs to help women understand truly what's going on with their bio-individual hormone levels and chemistry overall, and then put them through uh, a tiered program where we focus on their liver health, we focus on their adrenal, their thyroid, and their gut health, um, movement really to help to get them back on track. And my goal with that is that 
that yeah, I set them on a path so that they actually do not have to come back to my practice. Wonderful. And so that's pretty much what we talked about on the show. So where can people uh, connect with you? Best way is to go to my website, which is www.genpike.com. It's two N's and Instagram as well too. Lots of information there. And then I have a podcast, The Simplicity Sessions, where we talk all about this stuff. Excellent. Nice. And Dr. Mike, just before we wrap up the show, if our listeners want to connect with you and your team at Apple Med, how can they do that? So Apple Med Clinic uh, on Instagram is our tag. You can reach us at uh, applemed.ca. Um, you can call us at 905-417-4000. We're at 3560 Rutherford Road, right uh, in the vicinity. And uh, thank you for listening. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of Health is Wealth, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening.